What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Wednesday, October 13th. Rankings Day, man. We're like halfway done October already. Man, week six upon us. Hopefully, waivers treated you well last night. If they're running tonight, well, you can still get the waiver wire recommendations on yesterday's podcast. Just download it. I don't care if you listen to it, but at least download that bad boy. And, of course, over at FTNFantasy.com for the waiver wire Article, of course, my rankings will be over there as well. They're already there, not will be. They already are there. Promo code RATPACK if you want to get behind a paywall. But we are going to dive into the initial rankings here on the podcast today. Remember, rankings change a bunch over the course of the week. Every week is a research process where we're learning new things as we go throughout the week. And what we initially think on a Wednesday may not be exactly what we think on a Sunday. And that's important. I think it would be kind of foolish if I just said, oh, these are the rankings. Here you go. Uh, I'm going to go chill for a little while. I'll catch you guys next week. Be irresponsible, right? So they evolve, but we do need at least an initial baseline, and that's what you get on the show today. So let's dive into quarterback. As I have mentioned numerous times, I've said, hey, if you have a top 11 quarterback, you're good. You don't need another quarterback until the bye weeks. Well, injuries can impact that as well. Hey, I don't want to predict injuries, but Russell Wilson, unfortunately, was hurt. So now we're down to a top 10. If you have one of these top 10, you're good at quarterback. Josh Allen, who is phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes, who's in a phenomenal matchup and is also phenomenal. Lamar Jackson, who's coming off a signature performance. Kyler Murray, we know his ceiling is enormous. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts at five for me this week. In a very interesting matchup. You know, last week, Philadelphia largely didn't get it done, but Jalen Hurts did for fantasy purposes. He was just fine. If he's going to score two rushing touchdowns, he's going to bail us out pretty much any time. And we know he does have upside with his arm. So that's really the appeal there of Jalen Hurts. And of course, going over to the FTN Fantasy Expected Fantasy Points tool, I love this tool because it tells you essentially based on opportunity where these guys should be scoring. And Jalen Hurts is the number three quarterback in expected fantasy points. Now, he's not the number three quarterback in fantasy points scored. Uh, He's not too far down the list, though. Here's the the, uh, players who have outscored him. Mahomes, Brady, Lamar, Allen, Murray, and Herbert. So you're good if you have Jalen Hurts. I think that's the moral of the story here. Then I have Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, a little bit of a negative correlation with the run game. The run game is doing so well there for Dallas, but he's still fine, especially with the touchdown upside. Justin Herbert coming off an amazing performance last week, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. If you have one of those 10 guys, you're good. You don't need a backup. Don't force the issue with Trey Lance. I would rather force the issue with uh, a running back, even if it feels like that running back is never going to have a chance way down the list. That running back may have a chance, all right? Uh, Outside of that group, the top options this week who I am looking at, uh, I am certainly looking at Joe Burrow. Uh, I I really like what we've seen out of Burrow so far. I am not to the point where I would say, oh, he's an every week starter, but he is facing Detroit. I, of course, like Taylor Heineke because I like anybody facing Kansas City. Fantastic matchup there for Heineke. We don't know how much longer he'll have that job, though. Sam Darnold. I think he bounces back this week. Last week was obviously disappointing, but he faces Minnesota favorable matchup there for Darnold. 
Kirk Cousins on the other side, not the best matchup, but anytime you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on the field, you're not in a terrible spot. Ryan Tannehill at 15. I'm still not dropping Tannehill. I think that's an overreaction from people who, hey, we've said this numerous times. You can't just look at last year's numbers, especially when they're heavily weighted by touchdown production and simply expect those numbers to continue. This is about where Tannehill probably should be, you know, when it's all said and done at about quarterback 15. Justin Fields, quarterback 16. I I still love the upside. I'm looking for them to take those training wheels off of him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at 17. That's about as far as I would go if I'm looking at streamers. After that, Teddy, uh, Derek Carr, Jared Goff. Don't really like those guys as streamers. Moving over to running back, you know who's at the top. It's the king. It's a tough matchup, so this is going to be a very interesting litmus test for Tennessee and that run game. Can the Buffalo Bills do the impossible? Well, it's not that. It's not impossible. Do the very difficult task of bottling up Henry before the second level. If he gets to the second level, he's electric. We know that. Zeke at two. Zeke has been really good. Really good. Despite a full-blown committee in that backfield, really good and no worries about him. Austin Eckler at three, speaking of really good, he's delivering on his promise so far of being an elite fantasy option. Christian McCaffrey at four. I do think CMC gets back on the field. I'm not willing to just insert him right back in at number one, but it's a great matchup, and he likely will touch the ball a ton because Christian McCaffrey touches the ball a ton. Aaron Jones at five. Johnny Taylor at six, back-to-back really solid performances out of Jonathan Taylor. I have no worries about him whatsoever. Najee Harris at seven, touching the ball a ton and really getting it done, delivering across the board, facing Seattle too, which I think is a a nice matchup. Should be a favorable game script with Geno under center for Seattle. Nick Chubb at eight. It's about where I, I think the ceiling for Chubb is. Unfortunately, just Kareem Hunt touches the ball too much. But it's not a knock on him. It's just you don't have the same ceiling that you do with some of these other guys. Antonio Gibson at 9. Am I worried about the shin injury? I have him at 9, so no. He touched the ball 22 times last week. Let's not create narratives when we don't need to create narratives. DeAndre Swift at 10. All that upside. James Robinson playing good football at 11. And there you go. Kareem Hunt at 12. Yes, they're both up there. Kareem Hunt gets it done in the passing game. At 13, our boy Leonard Fournette moving up, touching the ball a ton against Philly. Joe Mixon at 14. I think he's going to be fine this week. Daryl Henderson at 15 touches the ball a ton. There's your top 15 right there. Let's take a quick break. We'll continue on after the break with running back rankings for week six. All right, after Daryl Henderson at 15, it it is a little bit tricky because I have tentatively Alexander Madison slotted in at 16. Why at 16? Well, I tell you what, if Dalvin Cook does not go again, which was really actually a blessing in disguise last week. I know it stinks if you have Cook, but it did give us clarity because the week before was probably even worse if you had Cook. At least, you know, okay, he's not playing. I know what I'm doing now. Carolina is a tough matchup, but if Ma- if Cook doesn't go, Madison will move up into the top 12. I think tentatively right now, I'd probably put him at 8 if I had to put it, pick a spot. So he'd be ahead of Chubb behind Harris. But I'm going to put him at 16 for as a statement, as uh, essentially be ready. Be ready on this one. Josh Jacobs at 17. You know, I think the question we really shouldn't be asking, and it's a question I have been asked, how does the Gruden situation impact Jacobs? 
I don't care about that aspect of the Gruden situation. To be bluntly honest with you, that is beside the point. And we really have no idea what the ultimate impact of this massive shakeup in this organization is is going to have on the players. But I know that Josh Jacobs is a back-end RB2. This is more mid-range at 17, but this is about what Jacobs is. You know, I, I, the first reaction, the second reaction, the third reaction in, a, in instances like these should not be what's the fantasy value. You know, let's maybe put things into context. There are bigger things than fantasy football. Anyway, he's at 17 for this week. Zach Moss at 18 continues to uh, trend up in terms of usage in that backfield. Darrell Williams will be, well, at least for three weeks, the lead back in that backfield, or three games, I should say, uh, because Clyde Edwards-Alaire is on injured reserve. Melvin Gordon at 20, Javante Williams at 21. (laughs) There's no separation between these two. It's a full-blown committee, but I think they're in a really good spot here against the Raiders. This line currently is uh, Denver minus three and a half. I, I think that's actually going to go up. Uh, I, I have initial projections. I'm right on that line, but we'll, we'll see as we adjust through the week if this line increases. Uh, but anyway, I think it sets up well for Denver in that contest. Uh, again, we don't know what the impact is going to be, um, but obviously you can only imagine. Uh, anyway, Damian Williams at 22, a lot of Khalil Herbert last week, but Williams still managed to get in the end zone, and he had 18 touches of his own, so it's not like it was just Khalil Herbert. I know a lot of people came out with that being the story, but Damian Williams was still just fine. Damian Harris at 23, looks like he will play this week. Miles Gaskin at 24, (laughs) whoopity-doo, back on the Gaskin train. That's going to be fun. Anyway, uh, just realize that we've seen the polar extremes of Miles Gaskin over the last two weeks. On the outside, looking in, flexible options, Devontae Booker, Chase Edmonds. You know, I'm not in love with Devontae Booker, by the way. He will touch the ball a ton. He faces the Rams, though. I think that's the most important thing for a lot of people that may be getting lost in the shuffle. Uh, But Chase Edmonds, Alex Collins, we don't know what Chris Carson's status is. Jamal Williams, Tony Pollard. Latavius Murray, which is a very boring flex option. Miles Sanders, Naeem Hines, uh, Devin Singletary. That'll probably be about as far as I go. I'm not quite to the point of flexing out A.J. Dillon, who's right there as well. Moving over to wide out, the top guys are pretty straightforward. Adams, Hill, still Cooper Cup. Regardless, he's going to have plenty of volume. Somebody asked me, is it time to start, or is it time to consider benching Stephon Diggs? That mentality right there is a loser's mentality in fantasy football because that that is a results over process mentality. Stephon Diggs, is it time to bench him? Why? Because last week he had two catches. He had 69 yards on those two catches, by the way. What did he have the week before? Seven for 114. Is it time to start bench? consider benching Stephon Diggs? No. That is a loser's mentality. Process over results, not the other way around. Uh, Terry McLaurin at five. DJ Moore coming off of a a tough one where he was shadowed in that one by Darius Slay. That was a little surprise. It was the first time the Eagles pulled that one out. And I would expect them to do it again going forward because Slay looked really comfortable. He looked the most comfortable he has all season uh, in in that uh, role. Now, he only shadowed on the outside, didn't go to the slot, but whatever. Mike Williams at seven, another big game for him last week. Justin Jefferson's phenomenal at eight. Jamar Chase, here we go. Former teammates back-to-back right there. Jamar Chase is, remember that time when people thought he couldn't catch a football? That's why we don't believe in preseason narratives. 
DeAndre Hopkins at 10. Actually dig him this week and, and a really solid performance in a tough game. He was essentially the only one who, who really produced for fantasy purposes last week. Keenan Allen at 11. Deontay Johnson at 12. Remember, no Juju, so targets are available. DK Metcalf at 13. So obviously the Geno Smith thing moved these guys down. That's where I am on DK. As far as Tyler Lockett, I think there's even more volatility there. So I have him at 30 this week. Just because I know I should have to do I should do those guys back to back. Not good for Tyler Lockett. Uh, not not very bullish here. Uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, back to back at thirteen or fourteen and fifteen. Antonio Brown will be at twenty five, but we know that that all could shuffle around. Why do I have Godwin the highest, even though he scored the fewest fantasy points last week? Because he led the team of targets, and and it's all about that volume. Marquise Brown at sixteen, upside city. He's breaking out in a big way this year. C.D. Lamb at seventeen, Chase Claypool at eighteen, Cortland Sutton at nineteen. Uh, Amari Cooper slides back a little bit at 20. I just don't know if there's enough meat on the bone in that offense to sustain all of these guys as lead options. So he's a wide receiver too. And you know what? The world needs wide receiver twos as well. So I'm not going to knock it. Uh, AJ Brown at 21. I know people are disappointed last week, but think about it. Did you really need to throw the ball? How about this week? How about this week? Who are you facing? You think you're going to be playing with the lead this week? Let's see how he does this week before we pass judgment. I, that, what have you done for me lately mindset among a lot of fantasy players really drives me nuts. Anyway, that grinds my gears. Devontae Smith at 22. He's, he's so fun to watch. Robert Woods at 23, coming off of a better outing. Brandon Cooks at 24. Uh, Cooks got the star treatment, as you could imagine, last week. And uh, that was a factor in his production. I mentioned Antonio Brown at 25, T. Higgins at 26, Michael Pittman coming off a solid outing at 27, Manny Sanders at 28. I tell you what, until it stops working, let's keep going with it. Adam Thielen slides back to 29 this week. If the target volume continues in this trajectory, that is not encouraging there for Adam Thielen. I mentioned Tyler Lockett at 30, 31, Marvin Jones, the... Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault thing did not work out very well last week. I'm not dropping LaVisca Chenault, but I'm only going to flex him if I have to at 40. So Jones at 31, Chenault at 40. Tyler Boyd sliding back a little bit at 32. Jacoby Myers at 33. No, I am not dropping him, not with that volume. Timmy Patrick at 34. Jalen Waddle at 35. And our guy, Allen Robinson at 36. Once they take those training wheels off, I'm telling you. But anyway, OBJ, not startable as anything more than a flex. Kadarius Tony, if you picked him up, I have him at 38. It is a tough matchup, and he could see his fair share of Jalen Ramsey. Now, not a shadow, but he could see his fair share, and that's not good. Hunter Renfro at 39, I mentioned. Chenault at 40. Darnell Mooney at 41. Uh, McCole Hardman at 42. Robbie Anderson, not really don't trust him, but at 43, the target volume's okay. Henry Ruggs at 44, Rondell Moore at 45. That's about as far as I think I would go flex-wise. All right, tight ends, you know the top of the list. It's Travis Kelsey. After that, this week, uh, given where we are with things I have, but Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, that's how I had it last week. Uh, those... Those guys, if you have them, you are set and forget. You're basically set and forget with Dawson Knox at four. After that, 
I have a TJ Hawkinson. I know people are concerned there. He played through an injury last week, so hopefully he gets gets right here. We still know what the ceiling is there. Uh, Mike Kosicki. Once we get into this spot, you're in your you're telling me there's a chance range, okay? So we have Gesicki, uh, Noah Fant, Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, because it uh, doesn't look like Dallas Goddard's going to play. He's on the COVID list. Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby. That's that's it. So that's eleven this week of the. You're telling you're telling me you're, there's a chance. You got eleven guys that either you can set and forget, or there's at least a chance with. After that, here's how I have it. Ricky Seals-Jones, yep. <laughs> Jared Cook, Robert Tunyon, Evan Ingram, uh, Tyler Conklin, Dan Arnold, Janu Smith, Cameron Brait, David Njoku, Mo Alley-Cox. And I think that's as far as I'd go. After that, I have Austin Hooper, and I, I don't know if I trust that. So it's not a fun week at tight end. Hopefully you have one of those top guys. If not, go out. I'm going to actually end up using Dan Arnold in a league because I have to. Tried to get Ricky Seals-Jones, and imagine that. I couldn't get Ricky Seals-Jones last night. Anyway, that wraps it up for today. If you want all the rankings and you want to see them evolve over the week, ftnfantasy.com. You know, also get projections, tools, all that fun stuff over there. It's a pretty good website, I got to tell you. Got to tell you. Anyway, tomorrow we'll be back. We'll talk some wide receiver cornerback matchups for you. In the meantime, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, and I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.